Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Okay, Lori, I am in vogue. I want you to know this. And for everyone who's watching us live right now, mm-hmm. you can tell that I'm in vogue. The clip, the hair, know, clip, the the hair claw clip, clip, the claw clip is so back in vogue, which never went out of vogue. I, I, yeah, I didn't And never like really the scrunchie that people all said went out of vogue. And I'm like, well, that was a nice thing. I still, you know, used it. But the claw clip, clip is all the rage. Oh, good. In case anyone wants to know. Mm-hmm. And your hair looks stunning right now if you're watching live at home. It's right, stunning. is on. We're stunning. Stunning. Right. Stunning. It does. It it's does. A good, it's, it's got a good rooster tail up to the like, It I always like it. has a good rooster mm-hmm. tail. I do like that. Okay. Do you guys agree with us? This is a negative angle. No. All right, fine. <laughs> Let me hear it. All right. 80% of Americans say the summer of 2021 sucked. Yeah. Not as bad as 2020. Well, no. Yeah. Here's why 2021 sucks. People are mad that people are not being good Samaritans and everyone needs to get vaccinated in order to squash the pandemic. So now it feels like, wait a second, you think you have freedom to just get anybody sick? Yeah. You know, and that is making people crazy. And anxious. Yeah. I mean, George Washington made the troops uh, get vaccinated against smallpox back in 1776. This is how we get rid of pandemics, people. You eradicate diseases by vaccinations. Thank you, Lorraine. That's why people are upset, Julie, because we it shouldn't be this. We shouldn't be here, right? And I think that um, the healthcare workers, when you were just they're listening, exhausted. they're exhausted. So what they have at a hospital in Oregon, they have a plate smashing booth for doctors and nurses where they can just go and throw plates. But I mean, imagine yes. taking horrible. care of people who right. could have been vaccinated, didn't need to be this sick, right? comforting families who are losing people who right. are dying they shouldn't be dying because people have this stubborn idea it's like the flu right oh that's why people don't like 2021 i i'm starting to feel that way mm-hmm. okay what year did you guys think women started shaving their armpits <laughs> well as soon as we started exposing our arms well, what year was that, Lorene? Well, this I'm ought to be say, a good one. I'm going to say the one. Roaring Twenties when they got into those shimmy dresses without mm. sleeves. Okay. You know, and they're because always women were always so buttoned up. Yeah, it was 2010. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh? I mean, excuse me, 1910. Okay. 1910. So I'm pretty close. <laughs> mm-hmm. You weren't bad off, but can you yeah. imagine that big old blade, how you would have to shave them? Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be dangerous. I would be cut up. But I bet only certain... you. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe people felt differently about their armpit scent traps. How so <laughs> Well, they got, everyone got used to all the scent. Exactly. You know, everybody smelled. Exactly. Well, people are not loose to the scent, used to the scent of asphalt in Poland. Listen to what they're doing for the workers over there. Um, flower scented roads are about to come a thing. Um, Flower-scented roads? Yes. A construction firm in Poland has invented flower-scented asphalt. They're planning to start using it on the new roads. It's got essential oils mixed in that mask the smell of asphalt and make it smell like flowers instead. The point is to provide a more comfortable working environment for the road workers who have to stand around smelling it all day. Right. Doesn't that seem silly? Well, I mean, but I it is so, it is a noxious smell. I always feel yeah, bad is. for the road crew because, like, if it's a hot day, oh, oh it's so heavy. 
You should see the people out on good old 94 today working hard. Grant's got a lively one. Oh, yeah. He's so glad he answered the phone. Someone's probably yelling at him about what I just said. Do you think so? I don't think so. I know so. Only one NFL team has a plant for their logo. It's the New Orleans Saints. Saints. Yeah, the Fleur Lee. Yeah, the Fleur Lee. For Lee, oh. just a stylized Lily from Paris. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Uh, I love a fleur de lis. So do I. I stamped a wall with fleur de lis once in my old home. Yes, I got a. Ta- I almost got a tattoo of fleur de lis. Um, Why did you choose the Chinese symbol of wow? Fleur de lis was too big. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure but, it means wow? No, no, it means um, it means beauty. But I always beauty. pretend her tattoo should just mean wow. Wow or egg roll. You told people egg roll. I actually had a woman <laughs> in Chinatown read my neck to give me. I had two people verify that my Chinese symbol because is in fact the Chinese symbol for beauty. Yes. Have you guys heard of this milk crate challenge on TikTok? Oh, yes. I saw uh, Snoop Dogg was on Stephen A. Smith did Kimmel the night before last and Snoop Dogg was one of his guests and Snoop Dogg was showing. I don't know if he just, this is one of his guys from his Snoop football league, but he showed one of his buddies doing it. Oh, it was a, it's dangerous. Dangerous. Some of these these videos of people falling. It looks like it's painful. Painful. They're getting hurt. They're getting hurt. Well, the latest TikTok thing. Are you suggesting we do this at the fair? No, absolutely not. I do. I fell down my stairs today, leaving my house. I do not want to fall again. Why did you do that? I had so many bags. Okay. And I Why just, were you in a hurry with so many bags? This is lazy. Tuya, I know these stairs. You could have really hurt yourself. No, I know. I, 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 I paused okay. and thought that was dumb. Because I could have really hurt <laughs> I myself. I could have really hurt myself. And then you would not want to have a boot or crutches no. at the fair. No, no. Yeah, I would 100% use it as an excuse. Okay. <laughs> um, I would. Lucky Charms is bringing back the marshmallow only, a box of marshmallow only. You know, that's the best part of those damn Lucky Charms are those marshmallows. I never liked Lucky Charms. They got soggy. I never even Even liked the the, marshmallows. I hated the marshmallows. I'd pick them out and give them to my sister. Word. I loved them. I loved. Give me sugar smacks. Oh, those. Lori, when is the last time we even had that? Or Captain Kangaroo. I would sh- shred Captain my cheeks. Captain Kangaroo was a TV show. Or not, uh, what do you call it? Captain Crunch, sorry. <laughs> you know, the shredder. They would shred the inside of your cheeks. Oh, they do. All the, in your gums? The in your worst. gum, but they taste so good so in a good. bowl of milk. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yum. Um, okay, so Garth Brooks has been in the news, so he canceled his stadium tours. Now he's going to go out on a dive bar tour. What? For fully vaccinated people, oh. small dive bars. He did this in a couple he, years ago. He but he's going to do this again. You have to be fully vaccinated. Go see him. Why can't he do vaccinated stadiums? I so more Lori. people can go. I don't know. All right. I don't know. You're not his manager. But I am not That's his manager. Follow up question. It, it, it is exactly a follow up question. And anyone on his team that can't get vaccinated because of an autoimmune system or some reason, he's paying for them. To stay home and stay safe. Mm-hmm. I love my Garth. But so he um, revealed why he signed autographs. Do you remember the story when he signed autographs for 23 hours straight? No, I don't know that story at all, as a matter of fact. Okay, so he <laughs> spent 23 hours signing autographs with no breaks during a Nashville fan fest. Was and he going for a, re- a record? No, and he was talking to some, some, someone somewhere 
I'd love to tell you it was done out of love and stuff, but the real story behind it is we had a new regime at our label that came regime, in. Regime, that's never a good way to uh-uh. describe something. At the label come in, coming in, there were rumors that older acts were going to be out and new ones were coming in to replace them. And he says, which is normal, but he was an older act. Mm-hmm. So he said he needed to act on it. And he said, our bosses are not the record labels. Our bosses were not the country radio stations or the CMAs. As much as I love those people, our bosses are the people on the other side of the radio. Those people that show up in those seats. And I said, let's go sign autographs and see what the bosses think now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said something else about country music stars. He said he explained how country music differs from other genres. And it's interesting because at the state fair... A lot of country. A lot of country. It kicks off with Miranda Lambert, Maren Morris, yep. Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. And he said... And Tim, that Tim McGraw was the fastest selling concert the State Fair had when those tickets went on sale in February 2020. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fastest sellout ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said people want, with country, they want you to be the guy next door. The cool thing about country music is they want you to be normal and as regular as you can be. But at the same time, they're going to give you the numbers that can... can Pete with any pop act anywhere. All right. So there you go. There's Garthy. Um, what else do we know? Garthy. I know. There's the one. Garthy. No. Maybe I'll call you that. It just I love how it bugs you. Oh, geez. all right. Yeah. All right. I can't tell you anything else. Uh, you really gave us a lot to chew and noodle on. Kiss and makeup day. If you're in a fight with anyone, that's what today's hmm. holiday is. All right. All right. All right. Listen, when we come back, first time novelist Samantha Spex is joining us. Her, yes. her historical fiction novel, Dovetails in Tallgrass. Fabulous. Fantastic. We'll be talking with her next for the Low J Book Club. We are delighted. Uh, Samantha Spex is joining us. Uh, this is her first novel. It's called Dovetails in Tallgrass, and it's absolutely terrific historical fiction. But, Samantha, how funny is it that you know Grant? I know that is a small world. Yeah, and and then you also welcome to the Lori and Julia book club. Yes, you also Samantha, you need to tell everyone how you got the three ring three ring binder <laughs> to Lori in February. <laughs> oh yeah, I had to ship that thing through snail mail to get it to her before she was headed off to Hawaii, and luckily I did. It's I, I, so funny because. She shows me this three-ring binder, binder, and she goes, oh, Lord, someone sent me this three-ring binder, and I'm going to bring it to Hawaii. I did, because I promised, Samantha, I would read it. And do you want to know something, Samantha? (laughs) I read it in a day at the beach, and I was absolutely transported by the story. I was so happy that I... You know, packed it. And, you know, my husband's like, You're going to read that out on the beach? I said, I got to read this book and I want to read it in one sitting because that's like just decadent and luxurious to me yes, to be is. able to do that. So, what inspired? Well, tell us, tell everybody about what, yeah, the, what the book is about. Dovetails and Tallgrass is about. Yeah, so Dovetails and Tallgrass is, is actually set in Minnesota and it's about the U.S. Dakota War of 1862, which is kind of the first major war on the plains. And as the settlers were moving west and encountered the native people who were already living there, um, and one side of the war resulted in the largest mass execution in United States history with the deaths of 38 Dakota Sioux men. And the other side of the war 
was the largest civilian mass casualty event in United States history until the events of September 11th. So that's kind of the backdrop. And, and my story, the Dovetails and Tallgrass, is the story of two young women, one settler and one Dakota Sioux, who are connected by the fate of a 39th man. Yeah, it's and how, Samantha, you, okay, you've never written a book before. I mean, how no. did you even, we don't know this, this history, history, you know, about men. There's so much Minnesota history. I feel yeah, like we, we don't, don't know. know. So how did you come to get inspired to write that, or how did that happen? Sure, yeah. It actually happened back when I was in high school, maybe running around not too far from Grant there. Um, <laughs> but when I was in high school in 2005, I was riding with my parents in southern Minnesota on Christmas Eve, heading to my grandparents' house, and it was a freezing cold night, and it's when it gets dark so early out. I just remember my parents' headlights crossing over this group of men riding on horseback, and it was Native men riding on horseback through the freezing cold. And I was like, what's going on here? It was just so unusual on Christmas Eve. And my parents said that they were riding to show they hadn't forgotten a war that happened here. And I was like, what? What was it? So that's kind of what prompted me. And I looked into the U.S.-Dakota War and educated myself in that group is the Dakota 38 plus 2 memorial ride that still happens every single year from South Dakota to Mankato, the site of the hangings, and it's to promote reconciliation and show they haven't forgotten this history. And, and yeah, I spent a lot of years learning what they hadn't forgotten. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And, and I mean, Samantha, again, the book is Dovetails in Tall Grass. I mean, I feel like, you know, Kristen Hanna would be proud of you right. for writing this book. Kristen Harmel. I mean, you you really have just done such a brilliant job painting this story. But I really want to compliment you on your two characters of Emma, the frontier woman, and then the native woman. Is it Anika? Onakika. Onakika. I just love both those young women. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, that's what I was hoping for is that a reader would deeply care about, about both sides of this story and this history. And I, I really appreciate you reading it and saying that. I, I mean, oh, it's, gosh, it's, it's, it's so, so true because you, I mean, what has been, cause the book did the book just come out yesterday, yesterday. Yes. And are you going to be able to do some, um, will you be able to do any book signings or what are you doing and what's the feedback been? Yeah, it's been wonderful. Like, it's just been, so I've been kind of nervous and just it's weird to release a book. My background is in mental health and I've worked at a, as a therapist and worked at Prairie Care in Minnesota. And so this, this is really different for me, but mm-hmm. it's gone so well and people have been so supportive. Um, and the book has hit number one in a few categories for new releases already, which is just bananas to me. Um, and we're, I'm doing a few signings and things, but it's more, it's gone more virtual now with yeah. the Delta variant and whatnot, which is understandable. And, and how th- do people like get, find you? Like if they're interested in that, do you have a Facebook page that you like people to go to? Oh yeah. I've got a website and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and it's all my name. So Samantha Specks, S-P-E-C-K-S dot com or on Instagram or wherever you'll find me. And um, just in the one day, I mean, the Goodreads comment to your five stars, that's the highest that you can get yeah. across everything. I mean... How exciting for you. Yeah, it's been fun. It's just been really fun to connect with people. And it's, I hear from so many people, and especially in Minnesota, that they weren't even aware of this history. And so I've been so interested in it for so long. And it's just neat to hear more people talking about it. How well, long did it take you to write it? Yeah. I actually wrote it pretty quickly. I would say it took about a year total from, you know, wow. the first draft through the manuscript and yeah. Was a lot of that research, had you had a story in mind or how did they? Yeah, the year, I mean, I had spent years just interested in the topic and I did some academic research when I was getting my master's in social work at St. Thomas. 
Um, so that gave me a little background as well. And then I spent six months doing real intensive research. Um, and then the year was spent writing, um, like truly sitting down and writing every day. Because I feel like it is like at least I, sh- I mean, we're not native, of course. I mean, I know pro- native people know this history, but I feel like w- the rest of us do not. It is Minnesota? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And actually, as a result of that war, the U.S. Uh, U.S. Congress passed the Dakota Expulsion Act of 1863. So as of today, it still stands in law books that it's illegal to be a native person in the state of Minnesota, which is outrageous and terrible and It'd be nice if we could get that off the law books, I think. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. I, I, that's unbelievable. So, um, I mean, what have you, what has been the response been from the Native community? Do you know? I mean, does has Louise Erdich read your book? Is she going to sell it? <laughs> I doubt. I'm that lucky. But overall, it's been positive and very, I don't know, just like a sense of connection and mm-hmm. A really positive response so far, which I'm very grateful for. And I know there could be varied reactions because I'm writing one of my main characters is from a different cultural perspective and a Native woman. And right. I, I hope I did it well. I got cultural feedback, um, a sensitivity reader, Brian right. Wilson, who's a wonderful Minnesota writer as well. And she gave me some feedback, oh, which good. was helpful. Yeah, oh, because I really, um, I really like all your characters and at the end of the book you know you give us the names of the characters inspired by you know actual people people and then your fictionalized characters but it was just um you know i mean you did your book made me cry oh lori (laughs) well you know i not that we three ring binder yeah no it wasn't the three ring binder it was just you know what happens in the end yes yeah you know which is not really a spoiler alert because this is history and it's already happened who Mm -hmm. like were you a fan had you been a fan of historical fiction was that something that you like to read yeah i do love to read historical fiction for sure kind of Anything that makes you think, and it's, I love something that makes me want to look up the history when I finish reading it. Mm-hmm. I know, and, and and your publisher did a lovely, I love the book The book cover, cover is, is beautiful. so pretty. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted something kind of soft and simple and feminine. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what an exciting thing for you. To, I know, I Samantha, mean, I mean, are you going to, do you want to keep writing? Yeah, yes, I'm working on the sequel right now, which is Dovetails of a River, um, where the characters kind of meet again at um, the the Battle of the Little Bighorn or Custer's Last Stand, which would have been historically accurate. People were at the U.S. Dakota War in southern Minnesota and 15 years later at uh, the Battle of the Little Bighorn as well. So that's where the characters will meet next. I know. Well, I really, and I guess I think I did know that because I told you that uh, when I sent you a note that I can't re- wait to read the next, what happens yes, next. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it leaves it leaves us there. So, um, um, Samantha, what was the last great book that you had a chance to read? Oh gosh, I I would say um, House of Sticks by Lee Tran. I really enjoyed that one. If you like educated or like the Glass Castle, yes, House of Sticks yes. was really good. I thought. And I mean, we're going to say for us, our last great book that we read was Step Dovetails in Tall Grass. grass. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Thank you so much. I no. know. And Grant, Grant was like, he goes, God, this lady is really pretty. And, oh, you know, and, and then, then somebody knows you. And then I look on Facebook and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have, what, at least 30 mutual friends and 
crossed paths earlier in life. So that's just crazy. I thought that's... That is a small world. That's yeah. Minnesota for you. Yep. That is. Yep. Samantha, since you are, you know, somebody who works in mental health, can we just ask you a question? Um, how do you How do you feel like kids are doing with going back to school this year? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I... I'm sure it's a whole mixed bag and, and parents are dealing with a lot of the stress probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a little baby girl this in the pandemic and it's just a, it's a very unique time to parents. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. I know. I bet your daughter is cute. <laughs> she is. A little and now, do, you live in, do you live in Texas? I do. Yep. We live in Houston now. Um, okay. My husband works in energy, but we're, we're in Minnesota all the time and in the Wyzetta area. All right. That's where I am right now. Oh, oh, you well, are. You're fun. home for a little. Are you, are you going out to the fair? I we're trying to decide what makes sense. Are you guys going there tomorrow? Oh, well, we're. we're I mean, maybe yep. we have to go because we're broadcasting. Yes. But I might wait for a a sunnier day next week if I were you with the baby because you might yeah. have to push the stroller in the rain. Yeah, I gotta get a pronto pup. Yeah, you do. Oh no, kidding. Well, it's so wonderful to meet you and um, your keep book- us in check with the next book because yes. of course we want to have you back on. But we just love Dovetails and Tallgrass. It's just amazing book. Thank you, Lori and Julia. Thank you. And we've got two copies of the book to give away if you give us a buzz at six five one six four one one zero seven one. And we'll Bye, get those Samantha. Out to you. Bye. Bye. That's so so fun. I know. And all right, people are lighting up the lines. When we come back, we're going to Hollywood speak. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this? All right, we need to give a shout out to Deborah and Stacy, our book winners. Congratulations, ladies. Gosh, Red Wing and Rogers. No. Good. We're covering the outer skirts of the Twin Cities area here. Very good. Okay, Paula Porskova posted on Instagram. She's dancing in a blazer with nothing on except a little cute pair of black underwear and a gold necklace. And she's dancing to Staying Alive. And she writes, just put some Bee Gees on. I can't help dancing. And I want you to see how good I look naked. I know. She Damn, looks, she looks good. She does. She, I'm calling this post a skinstagram. I Lori and I'm all <laughs> and I'm all like it. for it and why not? This has been this is what she likes to do. Well, she is doing she was doing a shoot for LA magazine. All right. She's getting she's out there hustling and getting some work, Joe. Yes, she is. She needs to because she was written out of the will. Yeah. So that's her skin step post. I, I for think it's like <laughs> skin step post. Skin step post. Okay, Cynthia Nixon trolls Andrew Cuomo after he lost his Emmy amid the sexual harassment uh, scandal. Here's what she tweeted. The difference between me and Andrew Cuomo, neither of us is governor, but I still have my Emmys. That's hysterical. <laughs> she did, Whoa! Didn't she run for yes. governor a couple years ago? Yeah, good, yes. for, good for her. Yes. Because That's funny. They took it away. Mm-hmm. And she has won an Emmy. She won an Emmy for Best Supporting, Best Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series in 2004 for Sex and the City. And she won an Emmy for a Law & Order guest appearance in Law & Order SVU. Wow. Yeah. So she might be busy filming her uh, Sex and, just and like the that. City just like that, but she is not too busy to throw some serious good shade. Well, I And think- just like that, she brought her... Pettiness to the Yeah, people. I think New Yorkers loved him or hated him. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah. There's strong feelings there. 
Okay, Princess Charlene of Monaco. She's been in South Africa since early May, and the rumors of an impending divorce had grown so much, Julia, that German, French, Spanish tabloids, tabloids were claiming any day they would be filing for a divorce. So guess who pops up in South Africa today? Prince Andrew. With the kids. Mm, okay. Prince Albert. Okay, Prince Albert. Can we, the picture, if anyone is, if you, I wish you were watching us live right now on YouTube TV. Um, on Hulu and, and Amazon Prime. We're going to be in prime time tonight. You can just watch us there. But anyway, Lori is showing Grant. Just look at the picture because seriously, one of the daughters. It's a boy and a girl. It's a boy and a girl. Has her hair cut. Short, short bangs that come to a V in the middle of her forehead. It's like and a then, widow's peak. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And look at and Charlene. And she's got, she looks like Mia Farrow in a pixie. I mean, it's just, it reminded me. That is not a good, nice haircut to give a young kid. Well, everybody's unhappy by based on this photo, Julia. <laughs> everybody's unhappy. I mean, when you look at it, at least the little girl's hair looks better than her mom's, and that's not saying much. You know, look it's at her. Look at, so at Charlene's hair. It's so bad. Oh, she wants it's to get so away bad. from Albert so bad, but she just can't. I mean, they just, and then they were posting like they're uh, from her account and. I mean, I don't know that she's really trying to escape him, but she is so miserable with him. She is. I mean, but she is trying to escape him. But I that so but much she so that can. she's going to leave her kids. Yeah, but she's she didn't leave her kids. Albert brought the kids to her. I mean, who knows how hard it is to get away from a prince from um a, from a nation that you know has it's some questionable. issues. Yes, ethics. Quite questionable. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very questionable. You know, ethics. I mean, look at they didn't even ever. You know, remember when Princess Grace died? Nothing even. There was not even like a a thorough investigation of the cause of death. Well, or? it was all covered up because I think the daughter Stephanie was I, driving. driving. I do too. And I've been on that twisty little road. Yes, in Monaco. Yes, yeah. up at the top. It's unbelievable. Anyway, but I don't know. I think she, I think Charlene. She would like to get away. From him permanently, but she's trying to figure out how to get her kids back. But this photo, whew. anyway, the royal family was pleased. Meghan Markle, quietly pleased that Meghan Markle didn't attend Prince Philip's <laughs> funeral. Now, quietly pleased. Okay, I'm just going to say they were so blessed relieved. I, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. They were so relieved that she wasn't coming. Because? Just the media, everything. They didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. It was and it was a great decision on her part. And granted, she had just given birth too, mm-hmm. so that was a plus. It right. all it would have been just a crap show. And they were so relieved they didn't have to deal with the media on top of everything else. Yeah, okay, I'm telling you the truth, Laura. Yeah, I think you are. I know. Okay, Dwayne, you know the dog Chapman. His daughter is accusing oh. him of racism, homophobia, and cheating on the late wife. This is what happens when you don't invite your daughter to the wedding. And she goes and blabs. Well, they have been on the outs for a while. This was a Facebook post. This was a Facebook post. Mm-hmm. She thinks her dad will not only just cheated on her, her mom, Beth, with this woman that he's marrying her best friend. Right. In 10 months. It does months, look suspicious. It does look suspicious. But he cheated with many other people. Mm-hmm. And she said, my dad's a dog, basically. Hence his name. I think... Dog is not her dad. I think this she, one is her oh, the is. actual dad because there's okay. two daughters. One da- was Beth's daughter, and this was their daughter together. Got it. Yeah, oh, it, and, and her, she looks like she's a filter from an Instagram or a TikTok video. 
She doesn't look normal. She looks like an avatar. Her face looks so... Maybe she is. (laughs) But I mean, her face looks funny. Okay. Like it's got filters on it. Hollywood speak this for me. This is Kristen Stewart. We posted the Spencer movie poster. She's going to play Diana Spencer, Princess Di. And she's been linked. She's been the House of Chanel face for quite a long time. Carl Lagerfeld picked her out. Anyway, and here's what she said, her style advice. That every, the five pieces every woman should have right. in their wardrobe. Okay. Every woman should have pretty underwear, um, a, a pair of Levi's that make you feel sexy, something signature, a really nice robe, and something sentimental. I think that's... I like it's it. It's a Hollywood clap. That's pretty good advice yeah, there. Yeah, I like I it. I think having pretty underwear is... Oh. Wonderful. Yes. Even if for you, pretty underwear is just having a great pair of fresh cotton granny panties that are new with a bit of lace. You know, but it is fun to have pretty underwear. It is fun having pretty underwear. And Levi's, I love a good pair of Levi's. Mm -hmm. A signature item. Yep. What do you think yours is? Your glasses? Well, no, I don't think think? that is. The robe thing, that's never been my thing. Oh, I love having a nice robe. I I always bring a nice robe when I travel. I love having a lovely robe. Julie, you can slip it on after you've had sexy time. I know, but I like to... I know, but I'm a cami. I'm a cami and undies girl. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's there's something very seductive about a robe. Yeah. That is correct. But there's no support in a robe. Oh, yeah. You're flat, so it doesn't yeah. matter. That's and why you like a robe more. I've never found it very convenient to be pulling the sheets off to wrap it around and make it be like a robe <laughs> like they do on TV. Right. You know, they always get oh, out yeah. of bed and they artfully make this robe. Like and a toga. I, yeah. Well, and I like, wouldn't even, yeah. I mean, that, you'd trip in it, Julia. Right, you would fall naked. down and trip if you tried to clothe yourself in a robe that's a bed sheet. Well, I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would trip. You would. When I, when I would sheet. never even do that, and I'd be mad at myself because then I'd have to make the bed right. and, and get in all the corners. I mean, okay, Melissa Rivers has this yes. to say. She says about she said she's I'm very close, eighty percent close in deciding to adopt a baby. So I read this story. Good Lord. She's fifty four, fifty three. It's because her son is twenty. Twenty. I Don't get do it, this. Melissa. Don't well, do it. She's 80% there, which means she's not there. Well, she she's mad at herself because her mom told her when she was in her 30s to, to get, have a second yeah, harvest her eggs. Oh. Just to harvest her eggs and get some stuff. Just Is that to, what we call it? Yeah, in case she wanted Did to have Did you call babies. it harvest your eggs? Well, yeah. Yeah? Freeze your eggs? Freeze your eggs. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Farmer you know. girl, I'm just wondering here. <laughs> With my peasant arms from Italy. Yeah, you know, harvesting, <laughs> using the scythe. Rolling up the bales of hay. Anyway, Melissa, don't do it. You're free. I understand her wanting to do it, though. I know. But I think she's not going to. All right. Well, she's 80% there. All right, Mm -hmm. there. We'll be right back.